0: Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. It is the playoffs, baby, and we are previewing all of the wild card series. Let's get it! What is going on, everybody? The playoffs are here, there are no more regular season baseball games Myself, Trevor Plouffe, BBD, John Boy sends his regards from the plane He is flying to his sister's wedding in Colorado on this wild card Eve, Eve uh, Trevor, this whole thing's presented to you by Seeky. Code Talkin' mm. 20% off your first purchase How are you doing, big Dog? I am so fired up for a couple
1: different reasons. I told you one privately off air, but the biggest reason we got playoff baseball. I was so sick of the regular season, dude. I hope it didn't come off that way on our shows. I tried to bring the energy every day, but I was sick of the regular season, dude. I'm trying to get to the postseason where all these games matter and we have some bangers of some matchups coming up, man. I know we're going to talk about a lot of them today. I woke up today seriously like excited to do all this talking baseball, baseball today, everything. And I do that, I'm always excited about it, but there's just I got a little extra pep in my step, bro. God, I How
0: love that. How about you? I love that. Uh I'm getting there. I'm getting there. We uh we were doing a lot of stuff yesterday. We did a really fun John Boy Media Day. Uh my Yankees, you know, yawn, I guess we'll see who's wait, who's who's there when we get there, but Yes. I mean, wild card weekend. I'm so excited. I, this morning I hold was going. On, hold on. Are you trying
1: to say, no, like, no, oh, no, I no, don't no, care because no, no. my Yanks.
0: No, 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 no. Got to no, no, wait no, no, for no. this this peasant of around, as Blooper called it. I was. <laughs> that's. Don't. Me and Blooper get confused for each other a lot, but I did not say that. No, dude. I, I got excited for the balances and the ups and downs of each series. Like, we're about to talk about in each of these wild card matchups the. You know, if. If they steal the first game, are they going to save their better starting pitcher for game 3? I think we're going to be talking about that a little bit. I'm excited for, you know, some of these environments are going to be rowdy and, you know, uh the if the Seattle Mariners if if they take one in Toronto, that crowd is going to be rowdy. What are the vibes going to be there? Like we we've got a lot of teams. City Field. Oh my god. You know, they thought they were winning the division. That place is going to be Ready to go nuts. That place is also going to be timid uh, if they start going down. So I'm just excited to feel the energy of all of it. Phillies, Cardinals, I haven't even wrapped my head around, if I'm being honest. Rays, Guardians, uh, the early matchup to start it off. But guess what? That's going to be some really good baseball. Um, and Trev, I think at this point, we just got to get into it. Uh, and I think for those for those tuning in, podcast is, is normal. YouTube. We're YouTubing a little bit, so it's each series is going to be its own video, and this first one is going to be Mariners-Blue Jays. We decide to start there. Uh, two of the most talented teams in this wildcard format. Two of these teams that mirror each other in a way. Toronto, East Coast, Seattle, West Coast. Lot of young talent on these teams. Hopefully the start of many Multiple-year playoff runs for both of these teams. And this preview is brought to you by Cuts. Uh, These teams made the Cuts, and so does Cuts' clothing. They're perfectly tailored, fit, insanely comfortable. And ball players wear them. I've told you many times by this point. Bryce Harper's wearing this. He's in the wild card. Walker Buehler, guess what? He's wearing it. He ain't in that wild card, though. The Dodgers don't do that. And Mariano Rivera, does he seem like a wild card guy? Nah. He seems like a Hall of Fame guy, that little cutter. Class A, he's just got it 10 miles per hour fastball. Cuts Clothing, whether you're into the long-sleeve Henley or the short-sleeve crew neck, they've got it for you and your perfect style. Go check out Cuts Clothing. They are Fashion, they're a lifestyle, man, and you will get fifteen percent off at CutsClothing.com/baseball. That's CutsClothing.com/baseball for fifteen percent off. The only shirt worth wearing. Trevor, the Toronto Blue Jays, like I teed it up. You know all of their hitters because you might have even known their pops and seen them place play baseball. They got a ton of those guys. The Seattle Mariners. They got a couple guys you know on offense. You know, people may have heard us talk about J.P. Crawford, uh, that Julio guy. Their rotation, Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logil, uh, Kevin Gossman, Alec Manoa, Jose Barrios, your boy. Did you
1: forget George Kirby for the Mariners? Don't do that. You
0: know I won't. Uh, They've got a bullpen, both of these sides. Jordan Romano always dreamed of being a Blue Jay. And he's their closer right now. Toronto is going to be ready to explode. And like I said, with these two young, talented teams and their dreams for this year and the upcoming seasons, the fact that one of them isn't going to be playing baseball come Monday is kind of disgusting because uh, both these rosters are talented, young, and ready to go for the next couple years. So, Trevor, our stats and research team did so much stuff on this. Our sheet is Awesome and i will kick it to you trevor cuz where do you even start with this series
1: i think we congratulate both of these teams on like putting up cuz they had put up or shut up man yeah. in this 2022 for both of these teams you know we got vlad talking about last year being the the preview and this year's the movie and seattle mariners the run they went on last year we challenged them i called them dead this year both these teams made it to the postseason. I think you have to get some snaps that obviously we know about the Mariners playoff drought. Uh, it's in a way, these two teams are very similar in that regard. Um, I think when you look at the overall rosters, I think the pitching kind of matches up. I would say Seattle has the advantage in the bullpen, I think the starters, god, they might even have the advantage with the starters. Um, Blue Jays, no slouch in that regard either. I think it's going to come down to, in this series, what Seattle's offense going to do. You're going to have to show up. This isn't like a high OBP, high batting average type of team. We're going to have to go in there and we're going to have to hit some homers. And you can do that uh, in Toronto. And I think you can almost say the same thing about the Blue Jays offensively. I mean, they, this is one of the better offenses in all of baseball. I think they're they're longer um, in their lineup than the Blue Jays are. If they come out and start slugging the ball the way they can. I think I gotta favor the Blue Jays in this one. But this is baseball, and the Mariners have the pitching to neutralize that offense as well. So this is to me, this is I think this is going to be the best series. I don't know if I'm most interested in this because Chris Rose asks me these dumb questions all the time. What am I most <laughs> interested in? I think I'm most interested in uh Padres Mets, but I think this series is gonna be the best baseball that we see all weekend.
0: Yeah, for for me, I I tend to agree, and I I think that's kind of why we started here, right? Because it's so much so much talent. I mean, I'll, I'll start reading names. I mean, George Springer, been there, done that. Uh, the pride of Connecticut, uh, Bo Bichette, Vladdy Jr., Alejandro Kirk, Teoscar Hernandez has been going nuts lately. Your boy Matt Chapman, uh, watch out, Whit Merrifield at the bottom of the lineup had a nice last couple days. For Toronto, and that's not including guys like Gabriel Moreno, Kevin Biggio. If Jackie Bradley Jr. finds his way into the outfield for one of those games, I bet he does something because I've seen him do it before. Uh, the Seattle Mariners, uh, up and down their lineup. Julio, he came back. Uh, Ty France had an amazing year. Your boy, Eugenio, Mitch Hanniger, Cal Raleigh, And it's so crazy that two or three games is going to decide how we treat this game these teams for the next calendar year, basically like if the Mariners advance and win a series and we're going to be like, well, you know, the Mariners, they won the wild card last year and they're building up for something, whichever one of these teams loses, I think is going to be severely disappointed. And that home field advantage looms so large in my head, being in Toronto with that place rocking compared to Seattle, which would have been pure chaos. Um, I'm excited to see the game flows of these games. Their high-end talent, I feel, matches up really well with the starting pitchers. And I wonder, I, I think the only place where I have these teams, I think Toronto's offense, top to bottom, I have a little better. But I do think Seattle's bullpen, yes. I prefer a little better. So I'm wondering 100%. how those how those dynamics and gameplay are going to balance off of each other.
1: We're probably going to say this for every series, Jake. I think game one is so fucking important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's right? pretty obvious. Yeah. Like Game one's very important. You got Alec Manoa going uh, for the Blue Jays, and you got Luis Castillo going for the uh, Mariners. And th- it's going to be tough for either team to score runs off of these pitchers. So Toronto's going to have to come out and try to jump Castillo some way. Because, um, again, you mentioned Seattle's bullpen. They've been pretty much lights out, and we have some pretty fun adjectives to describe hmm. the bullpen. And I want to give, again, a shout-out to our, our team here. The Bomberos got it all. They got a guy who throws gas. That's Andres Munoz. They got filthy breaking balls. That's Matt Brash. They got precision. That's our guy Swanson. Funk, with my best name in baseball, Penn Murphy. Hmm. And then just fabulous stuff with their de facto closer. I don't know if they really have a closer per se, but I would say Seawald is their guy. He'll come in some high leverage situations every now and then too. There, Toronto's got to go early. I do have one tidbit because I know we're on a time okay. crunch here, we're trying to get these things in. Eugenio Suarez, Hey, Eugenio, my god. Uh, one of the callers today asked, "What's the difference, man?" Like this guy was a uh, was a throw in in the Jesse Winker trade. By the way, Jesse Winker will not be playing in either of the first two rounds mm. of the playoffs for the Mariners. Eugenio was a throw in, or so you yeah. thought. But if you went and looked at his baseball savant page, and I'm going to give a shout out to JustBaseball.com because this is the article that I read. Maybe you'll link that for me, please. Eugenio Suarez in 2021 was awful against hitting sinkers. All of his baseball savant numbers, the same. He's a guy that barrels up the ball, Jake. Great barrel mm. percentage and walk percentage. That's what he does, okay? But let me get back to this. In 2021 against... Uh, Sinkers, mind you He saw 421 of them Hit 129 for a negative 17 run value Well, the the Mariners probably saw this I don't know if they saw it before Or they saw it after But they made an adjustment He made an adjustment 2022, he's seen 455 sinkers He's batting 330 against them And that's the difference In the numbers And the quality of the bats One little thing like that And guess who throws sinkers? Alec Manoa, 25% of the time. I bet we see them challenge Eugenio at the top of the zone. But I think little stuff like that is so cool to find out because we thought Eugenio was going to be a salary dump for them. He had a hell of a year, man. I'm excited to see what he does in the postseason.
0: Whew, man, looking at these team stats. um, It's so interesting. I, um... These Blue Jays, man, they've been waiting for this. Like, I, that is the other interesting part to me as we talk about the young talent. Like, we, we know the popcorn quote before the season. Um, the Mariners, they were kind of hoping this was their popcorn year, and it was. You know, they popped off. My halos got off to a good start. Remember that? How long ago does that feel? And the Mariners clicked. They hung around 500 for a while. They started to go. Uh, these games, by the way, I think it'll be interesting to note 407. On Friday, uh, they will be 407 on Saturday. And then we'll see. They would be the early Sunday game. So we'll see if any of that matters at all. Man, that first game, Luis Castillo. I think if you want to thrive on being on the road, you have to want to be the bad guy, right? When you got 45K people in the stands looking at you and the, all they want is you to do badly... You need to want that. You need to want to hurt people's feelings. I think Luis Castillo is perfect for that. He loves being that dude on the mound, kind of gladiator style. Like, I don't care, because I'm going to throw that change up when you don't expect it and get you out, and then I'm going to dice you up. Alec Manoa may be the dream home starter in a game one. I mean, talk about a dude that can feed off the crowd. Uh... And I think that's why we started with this series. Robbie Ray, the Cy Young winner, against his former team. Robbie Ray's been struggling lately. Uh, I know there's even been some discussions. Are they going to push him for Logan Gilbert, who has been so good lately? And Trev, I think maybe you get this out of the way now, because it's with this new three-game wildcard format. In every series, we could see some shuffling with the pitchers. Nothing's in stone.
1: I think I'm going to ask you that question in every rotation, Yeah. okay? So we know that game one starters, and that's fine. You, you You're going to throw your horse game one. Now, if either team wins game one, they can decide, well, the guy that we like second best, should we save him, try to win this game two so we can save him for the next series? I think a lot of teams are going to employ that strategy. Because even if you, say you win game one, and you have your second best starter, and you're going to save him for game three. You lose game two, you still have this guy ready to go for you to finish off the series. But I think it's a risk that a lot of the organizations are going to be willing to take to try to have that pitching lined up for the five-game divisional series. Because if you do that, and you do win the first two games, again, this is all circumstantial, and if you win the first game or the first two games, you'll have... Your top two guys able to throw three times in the five game set, just like the teams that had the bye. So this massive advantage I said that teams with the bye are gonna have, you can neutralize it by winning the first two games of this three game set and not throwing your guy game two. We'll see if they do that. I'm not sure either of these teams really have are set up for that. Like, so if you know, for instance, if the Blue Jays win game one behind Manoa, do you think they're gonna go to Stripling or Barrios in game two? Mm. And then just like save Gospin for game three. I don't know if they're willing to do that. Other teams might be willing to do that if you have a number three that you really love. In Seattle, I could see them saying, yeah, let's save Logan. Let's save Kirby. Let's throw Robbie game two if they win game one and see what happens. He can he can pull up with a great start at any moment. So I think there are there is
0: going to be a lot of shuffling going on and it's all going to be on game one. And it feels funny how much of that somewhat ties into team identity like just knowing who those blue jays are you're so right if they win game one they're not gonna say like hey get out there barrios and see if you have a good day they go for the throat man that's who these jays are but if you do that
1: (laughs) right then barrios or stripling is starting game one for you right Of the nlds so it's like you just kind of have to figure it out man uh the the only way this whole thing works out is if you win the first two games and you don't use your, you know, second pitcher in game two. It's gonna be interesting, man. And I I told C Rose this this morning. This is when managers make their money. The regular season they don't do shit. They don't. Okay, <laughs> like the they're vibe they're vibe creators. Yeah. But but making pitching changes in the postseason. Yeah. Deciding if you're gonna leave a guy out there for six outs. You know when when are you gonna take your start? We'll never forgive Kevin Cash for taking out Blake Snell. Yeah, like these are the decisions, man. I'm excited to see because this is the
0: extra caveat that every team's gonna have to figure out. And by the way, bullpen, uh, which we know how massive that is come playoff time. Trev, you know this: <laughs> the more these hitters see a guy, the better they get. And in three straight days, which a lot, of, a lot of bullpen guys don't do anymore, I wonder just what that looks like. Um, will, will these managers, like that button pressing you're talking about, you know, will they, whichever team is up, will they maybe, the Mariners, with the depth in their bullpen, will they maybe try to get through an inning with a, a Brash or a Festa that, that, to maybe not use? Uh, a Seawalder Munoz because you could have them available fresh for tomorrow. On the Blue Jays side, you know, that third time you get to see Adam Simber is a lot easier than that first time, especially in three straight days. So I'm so excited to see that. And it's the Mariners' strength being their bullpen. If those Toronto hitters get three days to look at those guys. And then the Blue Jays' bullpen, while they probably have The Blue Jays would maybe have the starting pitcher disadvantage in game three, depending how they do it. We don't know if there'd be any Gossman funny business or something like that. Um, You know, if it's Romano the third day in a row, or a Mesa, or a Simber, or whatever it is. Those little things uh, against, especially when I come back to that top of the Blue Jays lineup, and it's Springer, Bichette, Guerrero. I don't know you give those guys a third look, (laughs) I think those guys punish you regularly.
1: Bottom line is, if the Blue Jays' offense shows up, they're going to win the series. If Seattle's pitching can shut them down, I think they have enough offense to go win the series. I think they're set up, Seattle is set up much better on the pitching front. They have more depth. I think that's going to be a it's going to matter a lot in this series and in the playoffs in general. That's You're going to hear me talk about who has the advantage in the bullpen and the starting pitching, and I'm probably going to pick those teams to win the playoffs because that's the way my mind works. In these series, man, when you really pare it down, you just have your A guys out there all the time. I guess I'm supposed to give a pick now. And I kind of just gave away my pick. I think I'm going to pick the Seattle Mariners here, man. Wow. I think they're just too deep pitching-wise, and I think they're on a mission. I love Toronto. I want to see them go off. But if you're asking me to pick between a pitching versus a offense, I'm usually going to pick a pitching to win that battle.
0: I mean, I I love it, Trev. I I think on paper, neutral site, I do like the Mariners roster slightly better. Um, And I think I like it over a seven-game series better. But in three games, in Toronto, and you know who I think I'm circling the more I flip back and forth between these rosters. Like, I obviously love Vladdy and Bichette and Alejandro Kirk and Teoscar. and Get I lo- the
1: point, Big Daddy. I love point.
0: Julio. I-, I love all the Mariners. George Springer mm. has been there and done this how many times? I might circle him as the difference and that Toronto crowd because I think you could split these teams with a hair. Give me Toronto in three. Uh, George Springer is the difference maker. Love it. All right. Let's keep it moving. In the American League, we will finish that up, and then we will head over to the National League. The series that everyone's poo-pooing just a little bit, Trev, the markets are smaller, but guess what all these teams do is win and find a way. Chris Roses, Cleveland Guardians versus your. Tampa Bay Rays as the Reds head to beautiful Cleveland this time of years. And by the way, you know, sometimes we say that these teams don't have the 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 box office names in a series. How about McClanahan Bieber to start it off? I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Arguably the best lefty in the game in Shane McClanahan versus Shane Bieber, who returned to form this year 13 and 8 with a 288 ERA. Maybe some glass now, McKenzie the next day. How's your hot boy? And then we'll see if we get to game three. The Guardians, uh, they took the series 4-2 to this year against Tampa. And they played last week, if you remember that. We'll see if there's any ripple effects. Cash and Francona go back. They have a prank war uh, that they've been a part of the last decade or so. Uh, and these two teams that operate as new age baseball, right? These are the thinking teams and the matchup teams and they're you might not hear their names a lot in the off season and when they do it's a small trade that you you look back and you're like, "Oh yeah, Yandi Diaz has been a stud for the Rays for the past 5 years now." It feels like Trevor Rays Guardians off the rip. Where does your brain go first? Uh this has
1: Timely hitting, written all over. Who is going to hit with runners in scoring position? That's who's going to win this series. Um, I I wanted you to read the quote because I I love this. I don't I don't I, I haven't seen it anywhere. I'm sure that a lot of people have. Francona was asked if he ever saw Cash as a future manager when he played for Francona, and he said, "I hoped because I didn't see much of a hitter." Mm. And I love that. I love the. Yeah the back and forth between these two guys, they are two of the better managers in all of baseball. And yes, am I contradicting myself because I say managers don't matter a little bit. I think these guys matter. And I think Kevin Cash is still thinking about pulling Blake Snell. And I wonder if that's going to affect some of his decisions, you know, in the future and this post season. Uh, this is, this is going to be some fun baseball, man. And I don't think it's like, we should look at it as like, a series of small market teams that no one cares about. I think that's complete bullshit, man. I think this is real baseball. We have some real talent on the field here. You talked about the guys that are going to be pitching for us. I mean, McClanahan and Bieber and Glassnell and McKenzie. That's about as good as you can get, yeah. man. Go ahead and check out those numbers. If you a watch Glassnell pitch, it's like, whoa. And he's back looking really good too. So like I said, I think this it's going to come down to timely hitting. I, I think both these teams, we know what the guardians do. They're not going to slug you out of the park. Uh, they're going to get on base. They have a high contact rate, blah, blah, blah. They run the bases. I think Cleveland is going to be reliant on their pitching. It's very good. Score a few timely runs. Uh, if they can shut the Rays' offense down, that's their path to victory. I, I don't think they're going to come here and score a bunch of runs, but it'll probably end up happening. They'll win 11-10, to 10 and everyone's going to say, you're stupid, Trev. But I think these are going to be low-scoring games. And a stolen base here, a defensive miscue here – uh, the extra
0: base taken here is going to be the difference in this series. The Rays, I, I think it deserves to be said. I, I think if we looked back on most injured teams this year, I think the Rays have a pretty good argument. They're going to be without Brandon Lau, who's been a big part of this Rays run, Kevin Kiermeyer and Mike Zanino, my goodness. Um, how's your up the middle? I mean, those three guys were all there. And a few pitchers, Nick Anderson, Boz, Fireison. Ryan Thompson, Cam Poche, I- I've seen all those guys pitch big innings for them. That being said, I mean, innings is never the problem for the Rays. I, I think the biggest thing you have to be worried about is their hitting. And they are coming into the playoffs cold, by yes. the way. Uh, they have not been winning ball games. They're hitting uh, 25th in MLB and slugging. There's one guy you have to circle, Wander Franco, been out most this season. He's been back. He's going to be in the lineup. Him, Randy, Yandi, Harold Ramirez at the top. I know a couple of those guys don't jump out as your mainstream guys, but Yandi put together a huge season. He's a little banged up. Harold Ramirez, when he's been in there, he's hit a lot. Um, I wonder if the Rays are going to be able to hit enough. Um, and I wonder if we will see if experience is a difference maker because, hey, Randy Orozarena, <laughs> we know what he looks like. Come October. Manny Margot has played in a lot of big games. G-Man Choi, even Jose Siri at the bottom of this lineup. Wander got a taste last year. You remember him hitting balls over that big monster in left field in Fenway? I'm wondering if we are going to walk away from this series saying that the postseason experience mattered. Or are we going to be saying like, hey, I think this Guardians team is just better. Stephen Kwan... I don't think it's just a blip. Some of the stuff he did for a rookie is insane. Jose Ramirez, we talk about him as a top player in the league. And then one of these young guys is going to pop between Naylor, Gonzalez, Jimenez, Owen Miller. Uh, Miles Straw has actually started going towards So fast. Athlete. A lot of athletes on that team. Um, Bieber's been there. Uh, So we'll see what that looks like. Um, I don't... (sighs) I don't know, man. I I mean, this series, I I think if you played it ten times, I I, I know it sounds cop out. I I mean, I think you'd go five and five, right?
1: I said Toronto and the Mariners is going to be the best baseball played. I'm going to tell you later on that the Padres and Mets is the most interesting series to me because the Mets hundred win season can be over by Saturday night, and that's crazy to me. This one right here is the series that. I have no idea what's going to happen. I, I'm okay with saying that, yeah. dude, because it is, like I said, it's going to come down to a few big at-bats, a few big moments where both these teams know how to pitch and know how to match up on the pitching side. And it's like, okay, who's going to step up for these teams? If if Jose Ramirez just goes off and and, and puts the team on his back, we're going to say the Guardians are scary. If he If Jose Ramirez – goes and just crushes this postseason. Look out. Cash has a quote. We need more contact, and we need Randy to be Randy. If Randy at goes off and takes this series over, and him and Wander are bashing them up, bash brothers and shit like that, then we're going to be talking about the Rays and how scary they can be. Because they've been there, and they have the pitching matchups, and all that. So it's... You're going to ask me to tell you who I think is going to win, and I'm, it's just going to be a complete guess for me. And I think that means something. I love that I
0: don't have a lean here because that means it's going to be a great series, dude. I'm so interested. This Guardians team, you know, not big expectations this year. They end up running away with the Central. They are the youngest team in baseball. I mean, talk about, you know, we mentioned that the Mariners and Blue Jays think they're set up for the next five years. This Guardians team has to think they're set up for the next five years with how young their roster is. Um, Man, the Rays, they've got a lot of guys. I mentioned experience in the lineup. Your boy Shags has pitched in playoff baseball. Pete Fairbanks has pitched in some big games, and he's looked really good lately. Brooks Riley came over from H-Town, Funky Town, city where the top dropped. The bullpen looks a little more thin than previous Rays years. No Nick Anderson, FireEyes and Kittreds uh, Thompson Pochet, guys I mentioned, which really makes the McClanahan start need to matter more. I mean, they have a couple guys watch out for Springs and Rasmussen, and we know that's the other thing that these Rays. they're not scared to make the move. You mentioned taking uh, our guy Snell out. But we've also seen a guy like Drew Rasmussen, if they think they need his outs right now, they'll. Use. the Rays won't think about game three until there is a game three. They think about winning that game however they have to in that moment, which you wonder what Rays' funny business do they have up there springs. Will they send a Rasmussen out there after McClanahan to try to steal a game one? You know there's going to be something that makes you raise an eyebrow about the Rays And will it matter at all? I don't know. I don't know.
1: I've had Botox one time, people. I can still move. Look at that.
0: Yeah? Anyways,
1: (laughs) I don't think this is a a situation where we're going to have to say, are they going to save their pitching for Game 3? I could be wrong about that. Maybe that's what every single team that wins Game 1 is going to do. It doesn't seem to me like that's the situation here. So I think we're gonna get these two matchups that we're talking about. Now, Glass now, I don't know how long he's gonna go. He's not built up to go nine right. or anything like that. So they're gonna to have to figure that out. But that's what the Rays do. They don't care if they, they want him to go four, maybe five, and they'll figure it out. I just man, it's uh Yandi is a big factor here. Yeah. He started two games in September. Like he's he leads the the Rays in OPS plus. Like, is he gonna be back and be a force? Are we gonna be talking about the Randy and Yandi show? You know, like it's. I think whoever shows up off. I, I keep saying whoever shows up yeah. offensively in a timely matter is going to win this series. And that's and when you're talking about a, a three game set, that's so fun to watch.
0: Bo Naylor got called up the other day. I I wonder I wonder what's going on with the Naylor boys. That's Dude, just... they
1: freaking designated Shaw. Yeah, like two days before
0: right the postseason. Kinda-
1: I wonder if he. I wonder how that works. He can't, he's not on the 40 men anymore. So
0: he's out. I, he's out. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chris, that's tough, man. I saw Rosie comment on it. It's one of those things. It's tough, but it, I think it felt like the right move. And by the way, uh, I love my guy Fairbanks. Uh, he's gross. Manual class. A, I think if he takes the mound twice in this series, that means the guardians won. Um, that guy is so, so, so good. Um, Trav, the you more, know what I like more about this series. What's that?
1: You know what I like about this series? What do you like is now I know they're playing at nine o'clock Pacific, I yeah. believe, right? That's tough. But we're gonna see some guys who we know as excellent ball players. We're gonna see them on the national stage. So is Andres Jimenez gonna finally get his due for the season he's had? Is he gonna show up in the postseason and right. people are like, oh shit, look what he did this year too. Those idiots are talking baseball. Gave Jose Altuve the All JM Team award instead of him, Yeah. and I'm now we're really mad at them. I like that aspect here because there are a bunch of really, really good ball players that aren't household names yet, and we're probably going to have to see a few of them step up. If they want their teams to win, and that's how you become a name, man. That's how you come get some recognition and have people talking about you. Just do it in the postseason.
0: Ah. <sighs> I think I know who I've got.
1: Did the bell ring yet?
0: Bell the didn't bell. ring.
1: No, we're ahead of schedule, and that's okay. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. I actually decided I want it to be this. Baseball.
0: Okay. Trevor, as I look up and down the rosters, I've got to believe in something. I think this team is more talented I'm going with the Cleveland Guardians at home. I know the Rays have been there and done that. Um, Rays fans have been mad at me because before the year I said I didn't think this was the year for the Rays, and then a lot of them chirped at me for finishing third in the East. Um, I believe in this Guardians talent, man. I, I believe Kwan can be a problem in a playoff series. Jose Ramirez is the best player in this series. He is. Um, Rosario's put together a year. Something of Naylor, Jimenez, Oscar Gonzalez has to click. Has to click. Um, And then Bieber and Tristan McKenzie. I know we we touched upon them briefly. But those are bad dudes this year, man. Those are bad men that you do not want to see on the bump. And sneakily... I think I might even like the Guardians' bullpen better. So uh, experience I give to the Rays and just a little bit of magic, if that was a column. Experience and magic I would give to the Rays. But everywhere else on the field, I think I like this Guardians team. I love their energy. I love that they're kids with Francona. That's fun. In Cleveland, give me the Guardians.
1: I disagree with you on the Magic front. I believe the Guardians lead that category. So on the Magic side, I'll side with you there. And in the series, I'm picking the Guardians, man. And you know what? We always say, oh, the Rays will make – that decision will haunt you because the Rays are going to figure out a way. I'm not sure they will, man. That offense is not what it needs to be right now. We're relying on a guy that played two games in September to come back and be himself. Like Randy's got to pick it up. We keep saying all these guys got to pick it up. All these guys got to pick it up. You know what the Guardians have to do? Be themselves, do what they've been doing all year long. So, I mean, we're going to need good starts by Bieber and McKenzie. But I believe, I mean, they've looked good all year. I think we're going to get at least, at the very least, decent starts out of both of these guys against this raised lineup. I think the Guardians sweep this thing. I think they win it two games and mm. none.
0: It sounds so dumb. Uh, but if they win the McClanahan game, it's over. Um, you know, no, I don't want to be shots fired at, at the Rays just like that. But I mean, McKenzie, the Shane game, the Shane game. And even if they don't, I I think this guardians team is young and young and crazy enough that they should be all right. We'll see knowing the Rays, they'll, they'll just shove it down our throat. (laughs) Um, and by the way, uh, we will be live streaming, uh, I I will be there. A bunch of other JM people will be hopping in. Joe's, Jolly Olive, We Got Ice, um, Paxton, Kenobio, everyone's going to be popping in the live stream lounge. Uh, I think we're doing... Kenobio's
1: everywhere. Why is the Kenobio everywhere? He's everywhere. Kenobio's... Go to a boxing match,
0: bro. Kenobio's funny, man. Uh, I like he's him. A... Hey, put, a, put my uh, picture up there. I want to feel like I'm there. Okay, we'll get a Trevor mm-hmm. Plouffe cut out. Uh, fuck its face. Uh, so join us on the live streams on, on the Talking Baseball channel. Um, and the first game that we will be live streaming will be the New York Metropolitans hosting the San Diego Padres. Uh, this Padres team I have loved from the start of the season. I thought they'd have one of the best baseball players joining them at midseason, and they did. Juan Soto. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., did not, uh, but that starting pitching, I think it plays anywhere, and we're going to find out at City Field versus some of the other best starting pitcher pitching in baseball, Scherzer and DeGrom. I said them in that order for a reason, Trev, because we might have, I don't want to say funny business in City Field, but the Mets are, are trying to plan what could be the rest of their postseason, and that could change instantly. Uh, That top of the Mets lineup has been uh, powerful and impactful all year. Alonzo led the league in RBI. McNeil won the batting towel with a little Lindor mixed in, setting Mets records at shortstop, and Brandon Nimmo along the way with the guy at the end of that bullpen who's had one of the best relief pitcher seasons we've seen fire up the trumpets for Edwin Diaz. The San Diego Padres. Uh, they were chasing a ghost this year in the Los Angeles Dodgers as they blew away everyone in the field. We got a little nervous. At the deadline, another guy they added with Soto, Josh Hader. We were pretty ready to ride him off, right? He got off to an awful start, and uh, the Brewers were done with him. He kicked back into gear with some of their high-end starting pitching and an MVP-esque season from Manny Machado. Uh this Padres team is super dangerous and Trev, as excited as we got in the AL, talking about the young talent in Seattle and Toronto and some good fundamental old school baseball in Cleveland and Tampa, take your eyes to City Field, man, cause this, <laughs> this series has anything you could want.
1: The NL. Yeah, the old dogs versus the old dogs, and the AL. Yes, it's young guns versus young guns, and I, I like I like the the difference between the two. Um, I don't know where I want to start with this. I guess the pitching matchups are yeah. interesting, and and this is kind of what has sparked the whole talk about starting your or saving one of your top two pitchers for game three. Uh, the Mets came out and said we're starting Scherzer. Now it has a little bit to do with Degrom, and he had a blister. Yeah, it also hasn't pitched great down the stretch, but I don't really care about that. Some yeah. people are pointing to that. And I'm telling you people, it ain't that. You tell me one if I could have one guy in on the mound to save my life if he goes six innings, Jake DeGrom's like close to the top of the list. So we're gonna be good with that, okay? He's got a blister, they want to give him as much time as possible, but the same thing we talked about before. It's if you win game one, you can save you can put Bassett in game two. Have the ground ready for Game Three or Game One of the divisional round, and that way you're getting Degrom, Scherzer, and then Degrom again at the end of the five. And that way, this whole advantage that that the Braves took from you, you neutralize a little bit because now you set up your pitching to kind of match theirs. Now again, it has to go the right way for both the Padres and the Mets. You got to win Game One. If you don't win Game One, it's all out the window, and you got to win Game Two, or else it's all out the window too. So this, the funny business, isn't so funny when you really. Start to think about it. it. Just kind of makes sense with uh, with where they're going, um, but I think that's that is going to be one of the topics and one of the big storylines of this series is that starting pitching. We know about the depth in San Diego. I'd give the top two over, obviously, to the Mets, but gosh, and the de- I mean, you have Bassett there as your number three. I think depth wise, you go Padres. Um, although the Mets are also no slouch in that department.
0: I think it's funny that you know Seattle, Toronto, you can. You can almost say pitching versus hitting. Um, Rays versus Cleveland. You know, a little bit of experience. Youth, a lot of pitching. These teams match up, man. I mean, the closer at the end, Hader and Diaz. Yep, sign me up for both those guys. The three starting pitchers, are you kidding me? The Mets story all year. Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett. These Padres, Snell is rolling. Joe Musgrove. They're hot. Joe Musgrove's final four starts a 0-4-1 ERA. You Darvish, talk about a guy that's been there, and when he's on, he's unhittable and fun to watch as anyone in baseball. I think these are brutal matchups for both teams. I think their strengths line up perfectly that uh, I think the pressure falls on the Mets, right? You had the NL East. Locked up for most of the year. Everyone knows what happened. You got caught by an incredible Braves team. You know, we there's a little bit of shame in Mets land because that's how they like to live. But also, you got caught by an incredible team. So there's not as much there. You got three games for your season in Citi Field. Buck Showalter back on the bench. We love ourselves some Buck. And it hasn't been talked about A lot this year. But the San Diego Padres and Bob Melvin, a guy that they made an emphasis on to go get, a guy that you know as well as anyone, is beloved in baseball and regarded as a really good manager. Hasn't gotten as much East Coast love as some of these other guys. These teams line up so well. I'm interested to see our guy Kevin, who's a kooky cat and does social media for us, He laid out an interesting point that if the Padres go up, that City Field electricity, those Mets, Jets fans in Long Island, they've got a tendency to want to lean into themselves in a little doom and gloom. That if their backs are against the wall, there's going to be some weird energy in that ballpark. That how could it be happening again? We are the new Mets. We have Cohen. We got Scherzer. I don't know man like I'm I think the Mets are a better team and it's at their home and they have a little bit more in their lineup. Josh Bell and Drury, two other pieces that the Padres got uh haven't lived up to the billing in their San Diego Padres uniforms. That lineup outside of Machado and uh Soto can get thin really quick, but also if you're getting contributions from Cronenworth, who's been playing well, Jerks and Profar put a nice year together, that if there's dudes on for Soto and Machado, you're going to get hurt. That, man, I thought in my head that Toronto and Seattle was going to be the best series. I think you might see some defensive things there and some young guys in their first playoff series that may not be the prettiest baseball. This series... I think I've just changed. I think this is the series I'm most excited for.
1: Okay, I think because you like a little bit of misery. And I yeah. think one of these two, I mean, these are two very good teams. And here's a point that I have here. Uh, 12 months of baseball between them. Only one month, and that was the Padres in July, were they under 500? Neither of these teams ever had over, over 700 month either. So they've played just consistent baseball all year long. Uh, there's a note in here that the Padres never won more than five games in a row, never lost more than five games in a row. Consistent baseball. Uh, it's, it's. I don't know, man. I don't know what this series is going to come down to. Yeah, we're going to need some of those guys the Padres traded for to step up offensively. Uh, Soto has been doing that as of late, so you can bank on him being himself. I'm not worried about him. But they need a little bit of length in that lineup. So, Bell, you got to step it up. Drury, you got to step it up. I'm curious to see what they do with the lineup. Um, I do agree with you that if you just look at the rosters and kind of put your brain to it, I think the Mets have a roster advantage here. Uh, But again, it's the postseason, man. And we could have some guys absolutely carry the team because they have those stars on here. We gave Manny Machado the third-base all-JM team, and that pissed a lot of people off. They wanted Nolan Arenado there. But Manny is that dude he really is and people guess what Gandalf and Galadriel's relationship was purely respect there was no love Mm -hmm. there I want to make that point while I'm talking about Machado okay Machado can be the wizard for the Padres and if he does step up and him and
0: Soto kind of start doing the thing after they hit homers
1: together watch out
0: can I ask you I've got a a sick question because I kind of hate my answer who are the best two baseball players on the field? Hmm. Cause are well, they? Well, I'm not going to include
1: any starting pitching, so you know that, right? Okay. <sighs> I
0: was I wasn't even ruling them in. Ow, they never have been. Cause uh, Manny Machado. Are they both San Diego Padres? Yes. Interesting, right? Manny Machado and Juan
1: Soto. Obviously, Lindor is is there too. Uh, but I think, yeah, if you ask me who the two best players are overall in the careers, I would say those two. And, and obviously, starting pitching, you don't get to be involved in this conversation. Right.
0: right. No, I, I just think it's interesting because obviously, uh, I mean, Lindor, in a way, is in those guys' realm, right? Like how good he is at shortstop and and all of that, and you know, Alonzo is who he is. He's, a, he's an absolute masher, deserves to be said with some of the best hitters in the game. McNeil won the batting title. He's got a chance to be the most impactful guy in this series just because if he comes to the plate with runners on the base in the right moment, a couple of times he's going to come through. He has to. His approach is just different. Um, I'm interested to see, with all of that, I told you the starting pitching matchups well. I think, like we just said, the, Bra- the Padres may have the two best players on the p- field. After that, it starts to get a little thinner where the Mets have a couple guys when, when you start adding Nimmo, um, Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo. The depth in this series. The secondary bullpen pieces. Sure, Hader mm-hmm. and Diaz are, are pretty dope, right? I love Adam Adovino. He's been super nice to us. He can come in and wipe you out. He can also come in and get into some trouble. Seth Lugo, that breaking ball is electric. What's he going to look like, and who else from the Mets' pen? Drew Smith, Trevor May. Who else is going to contribute? Well, for the Padres, you're looking at you know Nick Martinez, Robert Suarez, uh, the lefties Hill and Morajone. Innings six, seven, and eight in these games, I think, are going to decide every game because you know what you're getting from these starting pitchers. You know what you're getting from these closers. Those relief innings, man, I think both fan bases are going to be holding their butts the whole time. And I think that's where these games get decided, which we talk about it a lot when we talk about the Dodgers. We talked about it with the Yankees, the Braves. Depth in baseball. It may be the most overlooked thing in the sport. But man, oh man, I think that's where this series gets decided because everything else lines up so well.
1: So, who's deeper?
0: You mm. <laughs> know, it's not me. Um,
1: you just went on this ramp and then you ended it with I think the depth is going to decide it. What depth are you talking about? Are you talking about just bullpen depth?
0: No. I, I think up and down the lineup, like I, I think, you know, we are going to see some performances, whether it's a. Trent Grisham or a Song Kim? Uh, or is it, you know, on the Mets side, is it going to be, you know, could we see one of the kids step up? Francisco Alvarez hit his first homer the other day. Is he going to find himself in a big moment? Uh, a Naquin, a Guillorme. Mark Canna and Eddie Escobar not being mentioned yet feels a little sinful. Those guys, those guys have had Canna throughout the year uh, and Eddie Escobar especially of late. I think my depth speech in City Field, and now I've taken every home team, I'm going to take the New York Metropolitans. I've said it for a while now. Whichever NL East team ended up in the wild card, I was still going to believe in them. I think the Mets could end up having the pressure of a 1,000 Suns, and this is probably my pick I'm the least confident in, because if <laughs> the Padres could go, Musk could they could go Darvish Musgrove. They could go Darvish Snell. And you could be sitting there down in the eighth inning in both games. Like, that's just how those guys can be. At the same time, you could say that with the Mets starting pitching just as easily. I think the depth, the Mets are a deeper team in City. I think the Padres are going to be hanging their heads saying, Man, if we had Fernando Tatis, could we not take down any team in this tournament? I'm going to go New York Mets. Uh, I'm going to believe in it because I believe in Buck and I believe in the depth along with matching high-end talent in this series. Baseball.
1: That is my guess, and then we are done here talking about this series. I love when I have the last word. Don't you dare say another one, okay? I agree with you. The depth is on the Mets' side, especially offensively. No the doubt
0: Padres. about it.
1: The only thing I'm looking at here, though, I like these starting pitchers. I don't like them as... Well, I do like some of them as people, but you know how I feel. Yeah. DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett are all kind of, for lack of a better word, limping into the playoffs. Mm. They haven't pitched their best down the stretch. And on the other side, these guys are on fire, dude. So that's the only holdup I have. I want to pick the Mets, and I want to say the Mets are going to steamroll this series. But if we're getting like a Degrom with a blister and who's like kind of like still feeling it out and like maybe a tired Scherzer and not a hundred percent Bassett, then that that changes things. That's 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 the name of the game in the playoffs, man. Shoot. I'm going Padres. I think they shocked the world. I do. I think they shocked the world. That we might see some outfield defense come into play. Machado's gonna have to have a big series. I like. I like that he's okay with being the villain and the heel because he's gonna be that at City Field dude. You were gonna get booed and you were. I mean, it is going to be bad, but I think he. I think he steps up, and I think we might just see Juan Soto take the whole damn thing over. So I'm going San Diego Padres, and I think it goes three games.
0: It's. Uh... I mentioned what I'm excited for in the playoff emotions, the up and down, shutting down the crowd. Soto, Machado, um, from the previous series, I mean, Randy, if their first at-bat is a double off the wall, those guys enter like a you can not pitch to them area. Uh, That's which, the
1: one thing is I don't know how much Machado's going to see to hit, dude.
0: If Soto's on, I, you can't walk both those guys – Brandon Nimmo, I haven't talked about you a lot. Whenever I talk about the Mets, I say I like don't really know who you are. You had a good last week leading into this. You're entering free agency. You're the leadoff guy. You get at bats before. Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo. Have a series. Be Trey Turner from that Nationals team because mm-hmm. you can mess this whole thing up if you get on base like you can. Um, man, that's the series I'm most excited for. It's true. Trevor, there is one more series to be had. We are talking Cardinals Phillies. If you like the color red, you're going to like this. If you like red, if you like anything else, go check out the JM merch store. We've had our graphics guys working around the clock. We've got shirts for your favorite teams, favorite players. Some of the Albert stuff is badass. I ordered a couple things, getting that for the playoffs. Go to our merch store; uh, we have something that you're gonna like there. So it's an easy way to support us. Trev wearing the. If you want to look
1: like a painter
0: or yeah. a divine god, yeah, order the all-white crew neck. The St. Louis Cardinals, maybe your number one storyline team of the playoffs. You know you know those guys and they're probably heading to Cooperstown or statues outside the stadium versus the Philadelphia Phillies. How about it from Bryce Harper to Dombrowski to some of these other sticks they've brought in with their rotation. We've said how scary of a playoff team this team has been the whole year. They split the season series three a piece. The St. Louis Cardinals, uh, It's looking like they're going Quintana and Michaelis. Err, um, that's interesting. Waino, I know he struggled a little bit recently. They've got a lot of bit, a lot of bit. Jack Flaherty, Monty Waino. Let's see how those guys factor in. They've also got dudes in the bullpen. Helsley, maybe the number one dude you might not know about. Giovanni Gallegos, nasty. Your boy, Andre Palante, switching it up wherever he's pitching. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Edmund Pujols, Bang Biscuit, those young dudes in the outfield, against the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Ranger Suarez, John Boy's Guy. And you know their dudes, Bryce Harper. Whoops. Although, he's been limping in a little bit. Kyle Schwarbo. How's your ding-dongs? Nick Castellanos, down year for him. JT Real not. He is back. The dude is there. Hoskins, other dudes. Their bullpen <laughs> is interesting. And how will they deploy? Cinder this series. Alvarado's been good of late. A lot of other guys struggling. Trevor, Cardinals, Phillies, what do you got? Whew, this is yeah. a tough one to handicap
1: yeah. a little bit. First, I want to say yes. This is the least aesthetically pleasing series of them all. Way too much read. I will be releasing my rankings of aesthetically pleasing series later today on Twitter. So check that out. Mm. This is another series that, like I said, very hard to call because... Phillies have, I think, without a doubt, the better starting pitching in this series. And it's not like the Cardinals have horrible starting pitching. You mentioned how Quintana, how great he's been. But then after that, there's some question marks. Michaelis has been good, but Flaherty hasn't pitched a ton. Wayno's struggled a lot. Montgomery had a, you know, some brilliant starts right after the trade, but he struggled recently. So it's going to be curious to see how they deploy their starters, what kind of leash they're going to be on, blah, blah, blah. They do have a really good bullpen. I'll give them the I'll I'll give them that. Um, especially the back end of it. Uh for the Phillies, though, it's an easy equation for them. I think they're gonna start Wheeler. I think they're gonna to try to save Nola for game three or game one of the divisional series. I think Ranger Suarez ends up pitching game two if they win game one. This is another one of those teams mm. that they kind of have that. The top two guys that they really, really, really like, so they're going to try to employ that or deploy that strategy. Uh, But you got to win game one, so it's uh, it's interesting, man. I I talked about the the Philly starting pitching, but go ahead and look at the Cardinals' offense and some of those guys in the middle of that lineup and what they can do. You think they give a shit who's on the mound? They don't. No. Paul Goldschmidt. Led the team across the board, 317, 404, 578. That's good for a 981 OPS. He's going to win National League MVP. They got that guy anchoring their lineup. So, like I said, very hard to call. Um, I'll give the edge to the Phillies and they're starting pitching. I'll give the edge to the bullpen with the Cardinals. And I'll give the edge to, I'm not sure, offensively. Because the Phillies could show up and go off. right. Or they could be very cold. They're a streaky team. I think the Cardinals probably a little bit more consistent in that regard. I don't have the numbers. I need to see this. I should have looked this up. I don't think the Cardinals are going to strike out nearly as much as the Phillies are going to strike out. And that, to me, is maybe the separator when I look at all of this stuff. And defense, too, helps.
0: I think the manager, after going through all these games, that might have the most pressure on them is Oli Marmol. Uh, remember, this is a guy that the players basically said, "We want you managing this team." And Trev, it's interesting with, like you said, your playoff game plan. The Phillies have there. We're gonna let our starting pitchers go. They are our horses. We are ride or die with Nola and Wheeler. Like that's those are the dudes. That's it. That's our Suarez is
1: there too, man. Suarez is there, there on their level, but.
0: And by the way, Cindergard has been good lately. He's got to be interesting in their, their formula. But they've also got their guys in their lineup. Like, the, the Phillies' game plan is <laughs> those guys shove, their big boys hit a couple homers, and we'll figure out the ball. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. Yes, literally. Like, hopefully D-Rob rolls a two-ball and we get out of the inning. The Cardinals, pitching-wise, maybe have the most buttons to press, In this series, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. You know, they said that their starting pitchers between Flaherty and Montgomery. They're going to be available. So if you see, you know, if a Miles Michaelis, who's had an incredible year, if he's in the third inning and struggling, or Quintana too, you know, are you going to let them, when there's two on in the fourth inning, Are you going to let them go, or are you going to kick it to someone else? I mean, those are big decisions that in a three-game set are going to decide your fate.
1: This is short leash leash central. That's a tough one. Mm. Try to say that real quick. Okay. Are you going to try to say it? I can't say that. Short leash central. Yes. All of these guys are going to be on a short leash. I think they probably have a guy ready to piggyback no matter what. They have some depth in that starting rotation. It's not top heavy like we see with the Phillies. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, we talked about this on some other of the other recaps. This is where the managers make their money. How are you going to line up your pitching? When do you pull? When do you let them stay in? What guy do you use to come out of the pen early on in the game? If you're used to high leverage late in the game, can you come in and do that in the fourth inning? Are you going to be ready mentally to do that? Uh, if you're a starter. Are you going to be able to go out into that pen for the first three innings and wait and see if you need to be called upon and then put your shoes back on to come in the dugout? A lot of these things are all up in the air in the playoffs right now. I think more so for the Cardinals than, than maybe, well, not the Rays, but of these two teams, for sure the Cardinals.
0: Whew. Man, I'm struggling with a couple things. Trev, I've said it all year to you. I'll probably say it every year for the – the rest of my time on this planet, I love storylines. Mm. And this Cardinals team. I mean, the last stand. Uh, it talked about how good they are as a franchise, and there's some numbers that are crazy. I think someone tweeted out the other day, I forget who it was, but, like, the last time each NL team has finished in last place. And I think the Cardinals were something like 1913 or something. Like, everyone else was, like, the last 25 years except the Dodgers and the Cardinals. And you're like, yeah, that actually checks out. Part of the reason these Cardinals have been so good in recent history, Yachty, Waino, pool hose guy for half of that, he's back doing it again. Such a great baseball city. And another thing that I appreciate in sports are being well-run franchises. And these Cardinals, who have been in the playoffs or in contention every year for the past 20 years, Versus the Phillies, who had the second-longest playoff drought in baseball. I don't know how that figures in. Dombrowski was brought in to win, and win now, and win however the heck you can. It's tough to picture these Cardinals in St. Louis going down with the ship. It doesn't feel like sports work that way.
1: Well, you mentioned uh, Magic and the Magic scale. This team tops the magic scale in all the baseball because of the storylines, because of their franchise history. Some people call it devil magic. I don't think they call it that mm. in St. Louis. They call it bird magic. Redbirds, Yeah. by the way. I'm going to give a stat right now that's going to make one side smile and the other side go fuck. Uh-oh. Ready? Ready. Okay. For the smiling, St. Louis Cardinals, get the teeth ready, baby. 70 defensive runs saved. I know we bash that stat from time to time, depending on who we're talking about and what point we want to make, but the discrepancy here is so big that I have to take it for what it's worth. 70 defensive runs saved for the Cardinals. Do you want me to tell you what the Phillies have? Negative. Minus 34. I'm not saying, people, that's the only thing that's going to... You know, decide these ball games. But holy shit, man. Talk about an advantage. That might be the biggest advantage that any team has over another team in this wild card (laughs) round is the fact that the Cardinals can put you away on defense and the Phillies absolutely cannot. Do you remember when Alec Boehm said, fuck it, bro. Everybody's making errors. I'm just gonna hit bombs too. He didn't really say that. I said that for him. (laughs) But it's the truth, dude. The only path to victory for the Phillies here is for their starters to go shove, which they can't. Like what Aaron Nola just did to the fucking Astros, bro. They got to shove, and they got to hit homers. The Cardinals? There's a bunch of different ways they can beat yeah. you. So, like, it, to me, man, like, I want to believe in the Phillies so much, and I think they're so fun, and, man, I love the guys on that squad. I was a part of that squad for a brief time, and I loved it, man. Like, the guys they have in that clubhouse are awesome, and I'm rooting for them. But as an analyst, and I look at these two teams. Shoot, man. I just think the Cardinals do it better.
0: If you're an outs above average over defensive runs saved guy, which this pod's kind of become the same, same story. Cardinals fourth in baseball at 24. Phillies are second to last at minus 37.
1: But by almost by design, so you can't.
0: It's not like that wasn't like a shock
1: to Phillies fans, but it still means
0: something. Come a playoff game, you feel that. I look at Fangraph's roster resource a lot. Again, ton of information on that page. Maybe my favorite website. In the last seven days, do you know who they've ranked as the best player in baseball? Albert Pujols. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how... How that's happening. I don't know how that's happened all year. But it has happened. Trev taking out. Emotion. There's two things that have now become abundantly clear to me. The St. Louis Cardinals. I think they have the disadvantage starting pitching wise. Which you know normally is very scary in a three game set. But. But. They can also audible a lot easier. If, you know, if Wheeler and Nola's having a bad day at the office, you know, the Phillies' buttons to press are a lot more risque. Where the Cardinals... Eflin, Syndergaard, they'll have those guys ready to go. They have a plan, but I I think the Cardinals' plan uh, is a little more viable that way. Also, at the end of the games, we talked about the Phillies (coughs) hoping. Uh, You hope you get through it. Ryan Helsley may be a star of these playoffs. Um, Giovanni Gallegos could be a star of these playoffs. And that defense you mentioned? So you're telling me the Cardinals have the bullpen and defense advantage in St. Louis? Say his name. In big games that matter? Say his name. Whose name you want?
1: Tommy Edmund.
0: Huh. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, you think Tommy Edmonds not going to affect this series?
1: Here's the difference. Okay. And I don't mean to harp on this. Harp on it. Alec Bohm, I think, is a stud. Sure. A lot of the kids' baseball cards. I'm rooting for him. Kyle Gibson, who you know is my friend, so I'm a little biased towards him. He gave up like eight runs in the last start. There was a two-out line drive. Right. Like a sinking line drive hit to Boehm, and he whiffed it. And they scored three runs. The bases loaded. End up being a double. Whiffed it, bro. Nolan Arenado is never going to whiff that play. And like those little things add up, man. When Arenado fucking steals a hit from you down the line, that crushes your soul. When Goldie makes a nasty pick or Eben. You know, is flying around the field doing stuff. It just hurts, man. As an offense, you're like, where are we supposed to go with the ball? Oh yeah. The only thing we can do is hit it in the fucking seats.
0: And it's tough to rely on that, man. It really is. I think we both landed here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let's go on three. Ein. Die try. Cardinals Cardinals, baby I mean sorry Phillies fans after about a year or two years of saying how tough this team would be in a playoff series and maybe they will like yeah dude I I, there there there's a world
1: Jake where this shit all lines up together that's your that's your term if this lines up and they get three or four of those guys in the lineup together hot yeah which could happen in the starting pitching does the damn thing. Then they can they can roll anybody. They, they shouldn't be scared of anybody. But we're talking chances here. Chances of that happening with all of those guys lining, like hitters lining up and the pitching lining up at the same time, it's difficult. It's what has to happen, but it's difficult. So I just think if you got to call it, the Cardinals have more ways to win.
0: I'm with you. I I, I think it's the right pick. Um, And that's the beauty of baseball is that all of our picks could be horribly wrong. Um, God, I
1: hope so. I love it, man. I love when people talk shit to us the
0: best. I'd like to say coming into this, I had no idea what teams I was going to pick. I had all the information. I thought I knew in my head, but I, I wanted to double check along the way. I took all the home teams, and I hate that. Um I might flip a pick right now, and it's funny because we're YouTubing these, so they're not all connected, but on the podcast app. It's a fan base that are, already hates me. Mariners over the Jays.
1: Oh, Don't let Jays fans see it. They do they think we don't give them any respect.
0: Defense worries me.
1: Um Hey, I helped Matt Chapman out this year, Jays fans. Yeah. At least give me some credit. Talk to Jake. Yeah, it's fine.
0: I'm a stupid Yankees fan. Um, Thank you, guys. Uh, Enjoy the postseason with us, whether merch, live streams. We are going to be going live. Or no, we won't be live after Friday night's games. We're going to record after. Um, But, yeah, we're going to be Look getting. Look out
1: for that one because who knows yeah, the, might the be- mental state I'll be in. I don't know.
0: Might be a little wonky. If you have no idea, we do Talking Baseball after every day that there's playoff games. So you are going to be seeing a lot of us, including the John Bino. He's in. He's got his sister's wedding, and he's in. BBD's got a wedding this weekend. Everyone's copying you, boy. Um, Enjoy it. Enjoy it with us. Interact with us on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else. And uh, go the ball. You got anything, Trev?
1: J.P. Crawford.
0: Golly, Oliver! I'm and so fucking ready. Oh my god!
1: Golly, Jake sucks. I'm not gonna go to work out. I'm so fired up. I'll go do a bunch of push-ups, That's some well. kettlebell swings, shrimp squats. fold in lasagna Sucking.